Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wafu FM. It's time the show. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. I'm Chris with a C. I'm Chris with a K. It's going to be fun this week. What we're looking at, sir? Uh, we are looking at Way of the Dragon, aka as there always is, Return of the Dragon. Uh, so yeah, just a few little things to, to get to. As we mentioned in the Big Boss Show, uh, Medium Rare Entertainment in the UK releasing some uh, Hong Kong classics on Blu-ray. Uh, the release dates for Way of the Dragon and Game of Death, um, September 28th. So there you go. Very good. Looking forward to it. And also. 14th of September, they're releasing Slaughter in San Francisco, a.k.a. Yellow Face Tiger, so there you go. <laughs> Bit of a uh, tie-in, yeah, mm. Chuck Norris and that. I did notice um, on the story of Ricky listing on Amazon, I don't know whether this is just a default listing they've put up, but hopefully not. All the extras listed on the Blu-ray, which is out today, I think, actually, mm. um, all the extras from the Hong Kong Legends release, so mm. if, if they're all just straight ports of the Hong Kong Legends release with HD transfers, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, because I was wondering that. I was thinking, like, I wonder if they'll have the commentaries and stuff mm. on yeah. I mean, maybe they've got like maybe they picked up the rights to them after Cine Asia fell through and stuff because yeah. they had all the Hong Kong, most of the Hong Kong, they had all the Bruce Lee. So yeah, they were essentially just Hong Kong Legend DVDs, weren't they? Really? Yeah, they just re-released <laughs> them. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, totally. So hopefully that's the case because then you know that's mm-hmm. best of both worlds. You got all the great extras plus an HD print of the movie. So yeah, I can't wait because I mean, like I, I watched uh, Way of the Dragon, uh, the Hong Kong Legends DVD that I got. Mm. Well, I was just messing around on YouTube, looking at some videos and whatnot, and there's a few, like, if you, you search for, like, where the dragon fight scenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're, like, totally HD transfers, and mm. they look fucking really yeah, nice. They'll be like, from the American blue, all the Hong Kong Blu-rays, I would yeah. imagine. But yeah, and I forgot how... It's, it's not Hong Kong Legends, folks, probably just the print they got, you know, it's, it's like a, the release is, like, over 10 years old, I think, by now, but there's certain points where the quality is pretty bad. I think it's just, you know, they just got a bad print, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, looking forward to the Blu-ray release in September. And as we were saying, we forgot that a few of them, or maybe it's all of the Bruce Lee ones, will, could possibly be Steelbook releases, so, you know. Oh, Steelbook. Yes. <laughs> and the growing collection. I'm right. Damn, I'm running out. I need a new shelf now for my Steelbooks. I bought Timothy. That's hardcore, that is. You've run out of room on your Steelbook shelf. I, I had a Steelbook shelf. I moved them to my bigger cabinet because I was running out, <laughs> I'm running out of space for my Steelbooks. <laughs> So let's get cracking. You ready to get cracking? Oh. Uh, 
so let's talk about the yellow face tiger thing a bit more before we uh, carry on because I've been doing a bit more research and it's doing me head in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As we mentioned last week, after the success of uh, Fist of Fury, there were plans for Lowe and Bruce Lee to work together again on a film called Yellow Face Tiger that was eventually made in 1974, as we said, then re released as Slaughter in San Francisco and stuff. Mm. Uh, but Lowe went on to make a film directly after Fist of Fury called A Man Called Tiger, which is actually the film. The, the plan for Bruce because it and if you look at the cast list it's got pretty much the entire cast of Big Boss and Fist of Fury in it and uh, but it's got uh, Wang Yu in the lead instead of Bruce but um, because the title of Man Called Tiger did keep popping through my head like that and I, whenever I said Yellow Fist Tiger we're talking about it, I was like what about Man Called Tiger that sounds familiar Yellow Fist Tiger the one with Chuck Norris yeah that's the one slaughter in San Francisco yeah 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 uh, well, yeah, I was sure I heard it like mentioned on a commentary or on a documentary, and I, so I checked Bill Logan's commentary on Where the Dragon. He does mention it. He says it's also like misinformed, like misrepresented as Yellow Fist Tiger, which is a different film. And I'll trust his word because you know yeah. it's Bill Logan; he knows everything. <laughs> uh, and even the text article on the DVD mentions Yellow Fist Tiger is the third film that we're going to make. I think it's just one of those classic misconceptions. Uh, so, like many others, we'll, we'll confuse the facts a little bit there. But or did we, sir? Because I've found some more information. Uh-huh. Found some more information. I've also read that a man called Tiger was apparently called yellow Face Tiger in its early development. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, technically he was going to start on yellow Face Tiger, just not the one that eventually came <laughs> on 974. I'm very confused. I know, I was like, trying to write those notes up going, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> the classic AKA though, isn't it? It's the whole thing. Oh, no. <laughs> that's what I mean like, when I introduced the, the, what we're doing in the movie. It's like, as always, AKA. Yeah. I'm surprised, you know, like how many ty- like Chinese films and Hong Kong films, they always have like many AKA titles. And I guess it's just different markets, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And it's a good yeah. job we don't go through all the foreign language titles because we hear all fucking day. Mm. Although it may be worth sometimes when we review Hong Kong movies to mention the German titles because they're always horrible and hilarious at the same time. <laughs> Total mouthfuls, isn't it? Power Man and stuff. And <laughs> nutty kickboxing cops. That's always my favorite. <laughs> uh, but also about the Elfish Tiger thing, there's also a suggestion uh, that Bruce Lee's character in Game of Death, like his original Game of Death, was going to have the nickname Yellow Face Tiger. Right. <laughs> so it goes on and on from there. Well, they said that I don't know about that. The, the, the yellow faced tiger thing just probably would have been like a little bit misunderstood in the West. Probably the whole Chinese yellow thing. I don't know. Yeah, I know just what you mean. Face. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it, it automatically makes you think of the racist, racist like connotations and stuff. You know? Yeah, that's a cool thing though about doing these um, like special theme months and stuff. You end up learning shit, doing more research mm. about shit you already thought you knew a lot about anyway. So yeah, having a bit of a dig. Uh, but back to uh, the pre uh, Where the Dragon period, uh, I think it was around this time Bruce helped out uh, longtime friend Unicorn Chan, who has a supporting role in Where the Dragon. I think he's like got a very small role in Fist of Fury uh, by helping him out with fight choreography just for a day on his film Fist of Unicorn. Uh, when, the film was, when the film was released, however, Bruce discovered that footage of him working on the film was used in the film's trailer and the finished film without his permission as a ploy to boost the box office, which, uh, of course, soured his relationship with Chan, uh, with rumours that Bruce was even contemplating legal action around the time of his death, so he wasn't very happy. As he would be, it's really underhanded. I don't know if it was Unicorn's fault or the producers or what. But. Didn't, like, that movie get... It's got an AK title as well, like Bruce and I or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that felt it's like... Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Unicorn. I was I rewatched um, that like uh, Bruce exploitation biography of Bruce Lee, the man, the myth, the other night. Yeah, Unicorn's even in that. And I was like, oh, that's <laughs> it, Unicorn. <laughs> so it's like quite a shame because by all accounts, they're like childhood friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Just all cashing in, I guess. <laughs> like, I think you know that footage you've seen documentaries of Bruce at a press conference and Unicorn and Raymond Chow's there and stuff. Yeah. I think that was a press conference for Fist of Unicorn and, like, Bruce was there, like, you know, boost the 
publicity mm. a little bit. So they're obviously really good friends. Yeah, it's a bit of shame that. But as for where the dragon, uh, as you said, released as Return of the Dragon in the US, and apparently originally titled Enter the Dragon before he gave the title to Warner Brothers. Mm, yeah, I read that. Yeah, he sort of felt it was it would have been more fitting for a Western mark or something. Mm, and with it being his debut, it works perfectly, doesn't it? Enter yeah. the Dragon and stuff, and yeah. and then it, of course Enter the Dragon would give Bruce exploitation makers like rain to use shit like Enter the Exit the Dragon, Enter the Tiger, <laughs> and Enter the Game of Death, which is my favourite title. <laughs> Just total mashing up everything, Bruce Lee. Basically, Enter the Big Boss's Fists of Fury. <laughs> Uh, but Lee, with complete creative control, broadened the scope of his directorial debut compared to his previous efforts and the majority of uh, Hong Kong movies at the time by setting and filming some key scenes in Rome. He also brought on karate champion Chucky Norris uh, for a role in Showdown that would bring him to worldwide attention and pretty much kickstart his movie career, which was very successful, of course, before becoming an annoying meme in later life. <laughs> but uh, uh, what is The Way of the Dragon all about? What's the story, sir? As I've already said, set in Rome, uh, Nora Miao plays Miss Chen, a restaurant owner who is facing pressure from a local syndicate to sell up. However, when Bruce Lee's character Tang Lung arrives from Hong Kong in order to lend a hand, Miss Chen isn't convinced that this backwater young man can help. It soon becomes apparent, however, that Tang Lung's Chinese boxing skills are unmatched and the syndicate must enlist the help of some of their own foreign fighters in order to defeat the hero Tang Lung. Before Mr. Chen had died, they all started learning karate so they could deal with those damn thugs. How about you? Ah, it's foreign. Mm -mm. Doesn't interest me. Foreign or not, if it helps you to look after yourself when you're in a fight, then you should learn to use it. It doesn't matter at all where it comes from. You should realize that. Ah, my game is Chinese boxing. Hey, you know Chinese boxing? Sure. Hey, really? Hmm. Uh, so we'll start with the uh, Bruce's character in the film, Tang Lung. Uh, a completely different character from his first two movies. Yeah. Uh, uh, like I mentioned in the synopsis there, what I really love about it is that he, he's kind of playing it like a, a backwater sort of Chinese guy. He's definitely like a country bumpkin type. Yeah, yeah like he, he's very traditional. He's got traditional clothes and where like... Everyone uh, in Italy, all the Chinese people in Italy, the, the, you know, they're wearing like very westernized clothes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he comes along these like he, he plays like the first twenty minutes almost like he's simple in a <laughs> way. Think, yeah. Well, it's, it's one of the things, well, because like the dubbed version makes no sense because in the Chinese print, all the Italians are speaking English just because you know, it's yeah international moving stuff, so they couldn't have really speak Italian, but. And so the scenes in the dubbed version where he's not supposed to be understanding people, but everyone's speaking English. So it's kind of one of those films that works better if you watch mm-hmm. the original language version. I just I always just watch the dubbed version just because, I don't know, I kind of prefer them because I like the dub from the 70s. Movie. Yeah, it's one of them, isn't it? Like, I guess it's because, as well, the the films were, were, we've thought about before, but they were, they were filmed without any sort of sound. Mm. They, they, they dubbed their own audio. So you, even if you watch the original Chinese language version, you're still watching it dubbed. Oh, yeah, it's never, it's, you're never going to get the original. It's, it's, it's technically the original soundtrack because it's from the country of its origin, but it's not yeah. the original soundtrack in the truest sense of the word. Yeah. So it's weird, yeah. If, if you're going to watch it, you may as well just watch it dubbed in your own language rather than dubbed into, like, Cantonese. Yeah. <laughs> in a way. 
Uh, but yeah, there's, there's so many good moments in the opening 20 minutes of just Bruce, Bruce was awesome. At the, like, it's a shame. This is the, I mean, obviously with him dying the next year, like it's a shame. You obviously would have done more comedic work because he's so good. These awkward faces and this always make us piss myself off. Yeah, I was like, I loved the bit when he's right at the very start when he's just stood there and that lady's just staring at him. Yeah. Uh, it's just uh, a really funny scene. Like, nothing happens in the scene at all. I mean, no. basically, his stomach's rumbling mm-hmm. in that scene. But uh, it's just, like, a really, like, charming scene with his, his face. Yeah, and the awesome scene where he orders, he's, he's hungry, so he goes to a restaurant and just ends up ordering, like, six plates of soup. Because <laughs> he's kind of ordering like he's in a Chinese restaurant. Like, I want some of that, some of that, some of that, some of that. It just brings him loads of friggin' soup. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a classic sort of idea, like, in a foreign country, mm. like, fish out of water stuff. And the, the music complements it perfectly because it's almost Pink Pantherish in parts. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wah, wah, and yeah. stuff. And, and yeah, actually, the the music is like, there's a, a, a fucking a bit where it's like, didin, yeah. didin, and it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and apparently, like, a lot of this, I can't remember, I honestly can't remember, but a lot of this was cut out in the. Uh, in the, the Western release, the English cut, the English and American cut. Apparently. I don't think it was cut out of ours. It might be, it might have been cut out the American one because they wanted to probably yeah. keep it more serious. But I always remember it from the video version, like the soup bit, it's better anyway. Well, I thought mm. I had, yeah. But I've read, I've read in a few places uh, this was trimmed down for Western audiences. But there you go. Like, like I said, I'm the same. I, I couldn't remember much of it being missing, like, but it, maybe it, it could have been shortened. You know, just yeah. a couple of minutes cut out because it does. It is quite a long opening, really, when you think about it. I, I still don't know what's going on with the uh, the kid the ice cream like <laughs> it is pretty an over the top way to be like where can I get some food it is fucking hilarious though just like, <laughs> <laughs> the kid Next just screams mommy <laughs> <laughs> just Bruce's run afterwards is genius as well yeah, yeah he does a minute little like slide shit run yeah. like, get out of here <laughs> another good early scene where he just like you know is of complete fish out of water is when Noramau's telling them, like, you know, when people put your arm around you in, in Europe, it's different, you know, they're being friendly. When people smile at you, you smile back. So a woman who I assume is a prostitute. Yeah, I think that's what you're supposed to be. Uh, yeah. Smiles at him, so he smiles back. She puts her arm around him, so he puts his arm around her. Noramau storms off in a huff, and he ends up just un- unknowingly going back to her place. <laughs> and she yeah. come, when she comes out naked, he just goes out going, wow, it's, it's genius. Of course, classic 70s. Mm. Uh, a, bit of, a bit of nipple. bit of boobage. Uh, yeah. I must say, though, that <laughs> Melissa Longo plays the lady. She's a very attractive lady. She's a, a cracker, yeah. I, mm. I believe she was a, a sort of a film star in her own right in, in oh, Italy. A few movies. I was just going to say, like, looking into what else she did, she also starred in a couple of Nazi exploitation movies. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, what a missed opportunity for Fist of Fury. <laughs> 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 it ties it all together. It does, it does. <laughs> You're my uncle's friend, so feel at home. Anything that you want, tell me. Can I use your toilet? Over there. It's cool, though, like we sort of said about it being filmed in Rome and stuff, you get a lot of, like, yeah, postcardy type shots and stuff. And- yeah, okay, it's like, it's, it's a very, like check it out we're in Rome type of thing but it's interesting that you know to get the most out of because I think they were only there a short while maybe it's a week or so it wasn't that long so they got a lot of location shots and just plastered them over Nora Mau at the start basically explaining the plot all the exposition and stuff yeah it's really nice and like I said looking back now you, you kind of laugh at it and go like <laughs> just getting the money's worth like it's, yeah. it's just a drive through Italy uh, to Rome but I guess for the Chinese audience of the time it would have been like really cool to oh, see yeah, yeah, yeah exactly yeah Yeah, so you got to sort of put your, your mind in like in that, that place where you're like you're a Chinese person who's never been outside of Hong Kong or whatever mm. 
probably would have been a quite interesting segment of the movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I've heard in the past, um, in like documentaries and stuff, that Bruce uh, maybe he's planned to make like a few movies about about the Tanglung character, make him like he sort of. His trademark character, like having yeah. go place to place and stuff like that, getting an adventure. Yeah, it kind of sets that up at the end as mm. well, where there's uh, like a monologue, it's like a quick monologue or something, isn't it? Where the, is it the Unicorn Chance character or something? No, it's the Akun character. Is it the Akun character? Mm. He like delivers a line about he's always on his own, wandering from place to place or something like that. Yeah, I got fucking goosebumps at that at the end because it's been a while since yeah. I've watched it and then the music comes in. I was like, oh, that's an epic ending. It is, and it's, I think it's even more poignant that, you know, obviously this is, like, his last Chinese movie yeah. that he made and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, so that ending of him walking away is pretty sad, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, like, ending in a graveyard and stuff. Mm. Uh, as for the, some of the supporting characters, uh, we've got Mr. Ho, it was uh, Ping Ah Wei from uh, Fist of Fury, and as I said last year, this this character is extremely camp right-hand man of the main film. <laughs> yeah, he does an awesome job, actually. It's like... You, it's hard to believe he's not gay by his performance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he camps it up so much. It's an awesome moment where he tucks Bruce Lee's belt back into his pants. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And I love the one where later on when they come back, when he like he put, he pats him or something, he puts his hand, he's like, oh my, what muscles. <laughs> Mr. Ho, please give us a break. Tell your boss we need some more time. Ask him to give us a few days more. Do what? <laughs> More time! You stupid bastard! Let's have it! So sell! Or we'll make you! He said you got Nora Mao as, uh, is it Mrs. Chen? Uh, yeah, like, uh, Miss Chen, but uh, she gets referred to as Chen Ching Hoi in the credits or yeah. something like yeah. that, yeah. yeah. I've always loved Nora Mao, she's bloody adorable, isn't she? She's very, very cute. She's got she's got a really uh, like acceptable image for the West as well. If you know what I mean, yeah, like, totally. Yeah, yeah, I know what you she's, mean. She's not like overly Oriental looking, and it's kind of like the Bruce Lee thing. Basically, mm. she's got that right look. I'm surprised she didn't really go on to do bigger and better things. Mm. Really, I mean, she had a great career in in, in Hong Kong cinema. Don't get us wrong, but you know, if you're in Bruce Lee movies, everyone that was in them is always going to be remembered for the Bruce Lee movies. Yeah. Yes. I think I think uh, read before that James T. Enzo was a bit better that like you know he wasn't the star because of Bruce Lee and stuff like that. so yeah. he's always remembered as fucking the guy from the Bruce Lee movies <laughs> unless you're hardcore Hong Kong you know you remember him from like Jackie Chan movies and stuff like yeah. that as well yeah, but I guess Bruce Lee just clips quite a few people like well, yeah, of course he did yeah. Yeah. yeah as for other characters you got John Ben is the the mafia Don I guess. Yeah. I'm pretty sure his character's never given a name either. I was just about to say, he's, he's not actually uh, credited in the movie either. <laughs> I've seen interviews with John Ben where he's like, yeah, Bruce said, uh, you asked Bruce, will you give us a credit? And he's like, of course I will. He's like, you didn't. <laughs> it's obviously just a mistake. Yeah, and it yeah, must yeah. have been. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, that is fucking crazy. Like, the main bad guy isn't credited in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even an actor, though. He was just a businessman in Hong Kong. I think he said yeah. he, met, he met Raymond Chow and he's like, do you want, do you want to be in a film? Yeah, I don't <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, I was totally, I was telling Stacey, like, this, the majority of the cast who, who, who weren't, the, like, the main player, the martial arts people, everybody else in the movie were pretty much recruited like that, like, literally just saw them on the street, and were like, he's white, let's get him in the film. Yeah, they would just, a lot of the time, just, you know, get tourists in. Yeah. Like, do you want to be in a film for a day and a little bit of money? Yeah, okay, that, that'll be it. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, basically how they got them. I think, like, that like the Italian sort of chubby guy who's you know he, he fights in the alleyways and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like the brother of like that that John thing. He's uh, like he's the brother of her 
girlfriend, his girlfriend or something. It's yes. like that. <laughs> yeah, like they're all just like related to each other or friends of somebody else who's yeah. also in the movie. <laughs> of course, John Ben. What well, didn't do much movies after this, but he did star in a Bruce Blatation movie. Of course, uh, the infamous Clones of Bruce Lee. <laughs> And remember how we were saying on uh, pieces, you know, Dick Randall, the producer, was making some uh, martial arts movies in Spain, so that's why Bruce Lee is randomly in it. Yeah. That's one of his clones of yeah, Bruce nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I know that uh, he, he went on as well to do a bloody Bruce Lee cafe or something, didn't he? Yeah, so I think like, he opened it in like the late... It was like a cafe slash museum. Yeah. He opened it in the late 90s, but uh, they closed a couple of years later, just like a support and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just a shame, you know what I mean? That's where you get from Bruce Lee's death. Mm-hmm. But I've heard before that, like, it's like the Chinese government just aren't that helpful when it comes to stuff like that. Mm. And, like, even, like, the Chinese fan clubs. I think John Ben was trying to get the fan clubs to meet in the restaurant, like, have a cool place to meet and stuff. And I think I just don't think he got much support. It's a bit strange, really. Yeah. I found out that they are helped by a man called Tan Lung. A man? Only one man? Ah, but this man knows Chinese Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Bob Wall, of course. Of course, Bob Wall, yeah. And, um... Sporting a very similar scar, he'd sport in End of the Dragon as well. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that, and it? Like, I was, because I, I always forget about that, and then I was thinking, oh, is this, why is he so familiar? And then I, I have to remind myself, he's just the same character in End of the Dragon. It pretty much is, yeah, just a slightly <laughs> different facial scar. I guess Bruce thought he looked cool with the scar, so gave him one in End of the Dragon as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's really random. Obviously, we've got Chung Sing Wang, I think these, these names, can't pronounce it. Evil Uncle Wang, basically. Yeah, the evil uncle who, like, you know, you've seen Fist of Fury, you should know not to trust him. Yeah, especially, like, all the foreshadowing he gets in this movie, like, the, <laughs> the fucking green lightning and stuff and yeah. that. <laughs> it's pretty much <laughs> it's just have a signpost of him going, bad guy. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it in a bit, but ugh, I, I hate that twist. We'll, we'll, it's we'll mention it. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Just fucking like trapping there. I don't know. It just doesn't add anything to the movie. It's just like what the fuck. Yeah, it's almost just like we need something extra punchy, extra punchy at the end. So I don't know. We'll have him stab his friggin' nephews or something. It makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. It's almost as bad as Iceman cometh like random violence or something. It's like I just always think it's not an outwardly violent movie, and then all of a sudden he's stabbing people in the back really violently and stuff. Mm. It just always feels wrong for me. And of course, the, the brilliant way like explains why he did it, and then like as the it's supposed to be like I think it's a Tony Liu's guy's vision blurring, mm. and as it blurs, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, that was a bit unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, I've pissed myself at that all, all the time. He's always like, you see, you've got to understand, I had to do it for my family, you see, because I, I love my family and I haven't seen them in years. <laughs> like, totally like that. I was I was with you yeah. right up until he laughed like a psychopath. <laughs> he started laughing maniacally. I was like, oh, I can understand you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is one character, you know, the Hitman character that randomly pops up that Bruce Lee keeps chilling every time he pops up. Yeah, yeah. It's just, he looks a hell of a lot like Golgo 13. Like, he's a Hitman, and he's got, like, that sort of strange, short, curly hair. I wonder if that's... Because I think the manga had been out a couple of years at this point. I wonder if it was a reference. Yeah, it could be right. Like, it's it's like a really, like, Japanese-y, unusual haircut he's got, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In, like, straight suit and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, just this time, I was trying to say, it could be Golgo. I know there hadn't been a Golgo 13 live-action movie at this point. Like that was a couple of years there. I think Sonny Chiba did it. and But the manga had been out well. I don't know, maybe it's Bruce Red Manga. I've got no idea. Yeah, you never know. That would be pretty crazy. <laughs> Movement number four. Dragon seeks path. Dragon whips his tail. I do love the, the first tease of... Because uh, it does take a while in this film. Well, it takes like about half an hour. 
Yeah, literally half an hour. Um, I think he, he probably picked it up from like how big uh, the big boss worked and stuff. Yeah, because like, it does work. I was well. like, I think like he's obviously, and that's what I like about this this movie and and Enter the Dragon. You can see Bruce Lee starting to like pick things up uh-huh. and like and like use trademarks and then like have use things that he kind of did in the previous film, but like he like builds upon it. Yeah, trying to better stuff that was a good idea that didn't not didn't quite work, but could be done better. Yeah, so that's kind of that's what I always think about where the dragon. That he's kind of took like that whole big boss thing where he doesn't fight for half the movie. And mm. He's kind of done it here, where it's, but done it in a in a sort of a, a sort of like a nodding sort of self self aware sort yeah. of way because he, he's teasing the audience yeah. as well, sort of thing, which is cool. Yeah, he, he does like a little bit of a when he says he does kung fu, yeah. he demonstrates his abilities and that, doesn't he? I love the the, the first moment where he's like, "Come on," because they're all learning karate to try mm. and combat the mafia thugs and stuffs, and, and he's Akun's like, "Our oh, Chinese boxing's better." Show them some Chinese boxing, so they get the kick pad set up. It slowly pushes in on Bruce, and then he's like, "Come on, guys, you got to get to work." And I bet all the audience was like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, imagine, yeah. <laughs> but the first battle when the, the thugs uh, do come and Bruce uh, whips an action. I love that moment where he's like sort of doing the styles with the dragon whips his tail and all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's like he's kind of poking fun at the very old style Kung Fu yeah. at the same time, but mm-hmm. then he's, I don't know, it's, it's just a really cool fight scene. There's another awesome shot. Like, the camera way, like, you know, that's another thing. Like, this is a directorial debut, and you could tell he would have become a great director. He definitely yeah. knew. He had a visual. He definitely had the visuals down. Yeah. Like the moment where he knocks out the black guy, and then sits on him, and just waits for the rest of them to come, and that camera slowly pushes into him, and then he mm. leaps up and beats the shit out of him. And that fucking kick he gives, man, to the guy with the training pads. Yeah, he sends him kind of flying. Like yeah, I do like the, the guy's face beforehand, pretty much hitting his pants. <laughs> it's, it's I imagine funny. that was probably genuine. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like. That like you're on about the slow motion one. It is that, isn't it? Yeah, just when he gives him a big kick into the boxes. Yeah, yeah, like that is probably only beaten by the the kick whether he gives O'Hara and into the dragon. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it's like one of my second favorite, like impactful, really painful looking kicks. Yeah, <laughs> you're like ah, I, I mean, and consider as well, this guy's holding like you know quite a thick practice pad that's made for high impact kicks and stuff. He yeah. goes flying, probably still hurt him. You can see his neck whipped back as he yeah. goes flying. And Bombwall took that kick, probably had some padding, but not much. No. <laughs> and goes flying. And, you know, there's always the story that one of the stuntmen that caught him broke his arm from the impact. So <laughs> that's yeah, pretty powerful. Pretty crazy. This is the thing. I mean, I, will, I'll, I won't go full on with this, but because we'll talk about it later. But in terms of favourite films and stuff, I would say the action in this film is probably my favourite of the Bruce Lee films. Yeah, I know what you mean. Just in terms of straight-up fighting. Yeah. I think just the the, the things on offer and the, the fights that, that you do get in this film are just, like, superb, basically. Yeah, but the fight we'll get to later with Chuck Norris is still stands up today i think i think you can yeah. still put that to any modern fight scene it still stands yeah. up i think yeah but i suppose that so before the three main uh martial arts films of him you got wang sick like you said korean and um like bail open goes into a bit and he's coming to think that like you know it's obvious just watching it but he's kind of wasted like he, he's trying like a fucking jump basically yeah he, he is kind of isn't he? he he has a fight against the other characters he gets 
kind of beaten up by Bob Wall. Yeah, earlier on, yeah, yeah. So, sort of. So, yeah, I suppose I've never really thought of it like that. But, yeah, he doesn't really get much to do in the film, bless him. I've heard that it might be because cause he made uh, Hapkido the year before for Golden Harvest. Yeah. And I think there was something like the, the reason he could look a bit shit in this, because he's really good. I mean, look at him in, like, Young Master and that fight with the guards and stuff. He's amazing. Yeah. And that he might have been a bit of a dick. Allegedly right. on the Hapkido set, and Bruce heard about it, and was you know kind of humbling him on his movie and stuff. So <laughs> nice. you never know. But I do love yeah. that moment. It, it's kind of because it's kind of unintentionally funny when he just gives Unicorn Chan a proper shooting. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Another bit, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just to make us laugh. It's just like fucking get him. <laughs> and of course, Bob Wall, who was killed with the most devastating punch to the plums I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> it, I, I always like that. Uh, I guess it, it ties in with Bruce Lee to use whatever you mm-hmm. know like, is appropriate for the fight sort of thing. But yeah, he just finishes him off by just punching him in the nuts. Yeah. Oh, Why not? I, mean, I think I said it killed him, don't think it kills him. Just, you know, it was that powerful. It knocks him out. <laughs> yeah, why not? I suppose getting punched in the balls by Bruce Lee would probably knock most people probably, out. Yeah, yeah. In End of the Dragon, he gives him that sort of like rising kick to the nuts when he jumps over him. He's like, oh, poor Bob Ball. I always got the fucking worst end of the stick. Didn't he really? It's crazy though. The crazy thing about Bob Wall is that because he was like a real fighter, uh, along with Chuck Norris, he, he kind of had this agreement with Bruce Lee that the, they would go for like full con- well, real contact, not full contact. Mm. But a lot of the time, when you're thinking, "Oh God, I made it," that looks good. Yeah, yeah, it's literally because Bruce Lee was really kicking him. Mm. Basically, hopefully not the punch the bollocks. That, hopefully that one real. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully not that one. <laughs> but uh, certainly, like the kicks to the chest and stuff. Yeah, uh, like like Bob Walls always said in interviews that like he was, you know, it was an agreement, but he was willing to take the the hits to the chest because it, it just made it look better and. He always jokes about it, but he says that it was easier for him because he wasn't, you know, the world's best actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was easier to sell a kick if it was just really painful. Personally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like, oh, fed it. Oh, I've heard before that being a Bob Wall's real deal. You don't fuck with Bob Wall. He's a he's a he's a tough guy, real tough guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, like him and him, uh, himself, same with Chuck Norris, who's like you know karate champions mm-hmm. and stuff. I think I heard once that like. Um because Bob Ball and Chuck Norris were really good friends and stuff and still are I yeah. think and yeah. that like when Steven Seagal tried to be a fucking dickhead to Chuck Norris once that Bob Ball not didn't beat him up but like did something to him to make him apologise really? <laughs> allegedly that's that's just thinking about now it sounds like it, like something I've read before and it wouldn't surprise us because you know Seagal's a dick so yeah <laughs> exactly he's I'm like not, the op- opposite of Bruce Lee yeah I'm not the biggest Chuck Norris fan but you know I take Chuck Norris over fucking Seagal any day there's an awesome story that, um, an interview with Bob Ball I don't know if you've ever seen the one where he talks about the uh, when he went to the airport have you ever heard that story before? Um, I don't think so. It's really nice. And it, I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube and stuff I, I think it's on one of these DVDs as well the interview mm. but basically he says that um when he, because obviously he has the fight at the end, doesn't he? In the new, the new territories. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says like one of the things that was really bad. Uh, they were, they were kicking each other and stuff, and they were getting like loads of dust in each other's eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't remember the name, but Bruce Lee was using this like oint, this really good ointment that that like he was putting in his eyes and stuff. He shared it with Bob Wall and said, "Oh, you know, this will this will really help your eyes and stuff." And it did. Mm-hmm. And he says once the the wrapped up the, the his scenes and whatnot it was his time to go back home uh, and Bruce Lee approached him and said you know I'm really sorry uh, because I'm the writer and director and star of the film I can't really take you to the airport but you know have a good trip and uh, and I, I hope to meet you again sometime blah 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 
and Bob Wallace says like you know I was obviously understanding of the, this guy was like running the show so he said he, he went he went back to his hotel room and in the morning he went to the airport uh, and he was waiting for his plane and he saw like a huge crowd appear yeah uh, he was like whoa what's going on uh, and when the crowd got closer he realised Bruce Lee was in the middle of the crowd obviously being like the Pied Piper being followed by loads of people mm-hmm. Bruce Lee uh, approached Bob Wall and was like oh, just kidding uh, I'm not too busy for a friend and he like had actually turned up at the airport to oh, see him that's up. cool that's really cool but yeah he brought a big case of the ointment that he had given Bob Wall over the last few days mm. said like as a gift said like oh you know here's a present for you and stuff uh, and Bob Wall just always says, like, you know, it just shows, like, what an awesome guy he was, basically. He yeah. had, like, time for people mm. stuff. That's, that's, that's awesome, yeah. Yeah, really cool story. It's a shame, you know, because, you know, there's all those TV appearances, like, chat appearances Bruce Lee made in Hong Kong in the 70s and stuff. I think it was on TVB, the big TV station in Hong Kong. And, yeah. like, there's there's pictures of, like, all three, like, Chuck Norris, Bob Wall, and Bruce Lee on the chat show, but they don't exist anymore. Just gone, yeah. Yeah. The floor stuff. I think they just, like, wipe the tips. Well, I guess, like, I, I think we mentioned this last week, but, like, a lot of, you know, all this footage and uh, cutting room floor stuff and that, it all just got scrapped because you got to remember, like, no one knew Bruce Lee was going to die. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it was kind of like, you know, there's this young Chinese kid who's a Hong Kong kid who's doing quite well for himself and mm-hmm. that. No one thought to, like, keep the, all the interviews and stuff because no one knew what sort of a, a huge star he was going to become, mm. sadly. So, yeah, a lot of all that shit's just lost, basically. Yeah, it's a real shame. Hey, don't be so overjoyed. Now they've been with They'll be screaming for revenge. <laughs> so what? With our lung on our side, now those damn thugs won't be so keen next time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, we'll get on to Mr. Carlos Norris, or Chuck, to his Maris. Yes. As Colt, the karate champion from America, as they call which is pretty much, you know, he's playing himself. He's the karate champion from America. Basically, yeah. Eight, eight time karate champion or something, mm. one of those. Uh, looking particularly 70s in this film. Oh, he's beautiful, <laughs> isn't he, with his shirts oh, and his yeah. flares and that. Massive shirt, massive fucking flow and bouffanty hair and stuff. With these big Serengeti <laughs> shades on and that, he looks beautiful. <laughs> and of course, and I mentioned his, uh, last but not least, his hairy man chest. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a Facebook page I was like did he like bathe in Miracle Grow to get that chest hair <laughs> so even like his back's hairy and stuff it's, it's great because he's got no hair on his back except two massive clumps on his shoulders <laughs> so random yeah. like I, was, uh, I always think like that's like a deliberate tactic so his opponents don't actually want to touch him <laughs> so like, <laughs> like <"Egh." laughs> but once again though Hong Kong movie theft uh, the, some music from Once Upon a Time in the West is used when he arrives oh, yeah. and stuff which is weird because I, I, I think that I only saw Once Upon a Time in the West for the first time a couple of years ago and I don't think I've watched Where the Dragon since then so it was really weird hearing it in this I was like what the fuck what did daft it I mean the, the weird thing is this film is like obviously the first Bruce Lee film as well I have its own actual written score like they actually hired a guy to like write music for it and stuff I know I think Joseph, Joseph Q did the music for Fist of Fury as well I think as well oh, he, no he did the last song didn't he I mm. But yeah, there was yeah. there was still some stop music in there, I think as well. Yeah, um, but like, well, why why bother Nick? And at this point, you miss <laughs> if you've got a guy doing the music anyway. I don't know. But hey, you know, apparently there's a I've not caught it because I'm I'm not a humongous Bond fan, but there's also music from uh, Diamonds Are Forever as well. And <laughs> yeah. you know the bit uh, I think it's literally the bit at the end when uh, Uncle Wang's stabbing the two guys in the back. Mm. Uh, apparently that's music from from that yeah from the James Bond film. I was on it. Um, 
Kung Fu forum last night, like when I was just researching stuff and ended up stumbling on just reading some threads. And, you know, someone had a thread like, can someone tell me what this music's from? Mm. So I looked at it and I was like, I can't remember what Kung Fu movie it was. It was like one of the Bruce Plotation movies, I think. So I put it and I was like, shit, I've heard that music loads before as well. And they were like, yeah, it's been loads and used in loads of Kung Fu movies. Yeah. So got me Shazam up out <laughs> <laughs> and was like, found it. Look, you know what it's from? It just shows the random shit they take music from. A Pele documentary. That is random. But it's it's if you hear the music, you'll go, shit, I've heard that loads of times. And it's just, to me, it sounds like Kung Fu music, but it's not. From something they were Pele. Random, like it's almost like it's just stuck Hong Kong cinema music now, basically. Yeah, it's been used much, that much. Yeah. <laughs> so, the Lee versus Norris showdown in the Coliseum. Well, a lot of the build up shot in the Coliseum, of course, the actual fights on set at Golden Harvest, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still they do a good job actually, though, of, of masking it. They do actually, it's a really cool set, yeah. No, certainly, like, there must be like a matte painting in the background or something like mm. that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's a nice transition. It's funny that the flu Chuck Norris it lay over there though, <laughs> just yeah. for like essentially like two minutes of on-screen time or something. Yeah, just him like looking over railings at Bruce and yeah. stuff like that. It's great. I, I love the like the story that like he, he basically just did that because he, he was like sort of competing with Way who was like in San Francisco, whatever film in his own film, and he he wanted to like. I guess compete with like you know how high production values. Yeah, that, yeah. that could be true. Yeah, yeah. I think he was in Japan, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that was in Japan. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, oh, "We'll fly him over, get him over," because you know we're an international cast and on an international set and stuff. And yeah, there was a lot of like you know what you know they really didn't like each other from what I hear. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, as well, you know, Bruce didn't even get on that well with Raymond Chow, from what I've heard. Mm, it's just like I suppose one of the things it worked for business so yeah yeah it's good for business so and there's loads of stories that Raymond Chow was like worried about Bruce leaving him because he was getting too successful and with Enter the Dragon like you know about to come out and he was a bit you know, a bit paranoid that, oh, this could be it. This could be the end of the, all the big money and stuff. So. Yeah, because, I mean, Bruce Lee always sort of sought fame in, in America, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, might, he might well have, you know, he might he might well have gone on to have an American career after Enter the Dragon. I'm sure he would have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll go, let's get into some controversy first. What do you think about the cat meowing <laughs> to start the oh, fight? No. <laughs> uh, you know, because, yeah, I was going to talk about this. Uh, this isn't even that bad. I've... I can't remember what cut it is. It, it, it may have even been some, the one that was on BBC Two, but for a long time, it, it sort of put me off this film and this fight because <laughs> the fucking version I watched originally, it was way worse than this. Mm. It was just like the cat, every time the picture, every time the the camera went onto the cat, it was just like yeah, I was really loud. I always remember the cat meow being like. And they really loud, and I was always yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm just saying, so I reckon me and you must have seen it. Maybe it was the, the cut that was on, like, BBC Two or something. It was probably, well, actually, it, it was, um, they, well, they, no, it was Channel 4, I think. Was it Channel 4? I think so. I think they would have shown the, because when, when they showed Big Boss, they showed the weird Cantonese version. Yeah. So it could have been the Cantonese version yeah. with a new dub or something. Because I just always remember thinking, oh, fuck, man, this scene's well. Because I haven't, like, turned it down constantly and stuff. Mm. I think it's fucking awful, this dubbing. Although the version I'm most familiar with is the UK the cut version, so I always remember it being a bit odd on there as well. So. Yeah, yeah, it's strange. But, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird. God knows what Bruce Lee was thinking. <laughs> the best bit of the fight is at the end when it zooms in on its face. Yeah, dun, dun. And everyone gets, a, like, a, a zoom <laughs> in, zoom yeah, out. Yeah, I, always go, I always laugh at that. It's genius. It's kind of like, I guess it's... Uh, it's like the scene of the burbs in it with the dog. Yeah. <laughs> Zoom in on the dog's eyes. Yeah, totally. As I said, it's 
it's such an iconic fight and it's it's weird man when i first saw this like the channel 4 version like uncut for the first time i was like because i always noticed in the uk version there's suddenly a bit where it, it'll chop and bruce lee just delivers that final big punch to chuck norris and i'd always be like yeah. done chucks probably yeah. But then when I saw the uncut version, I was like, why the hell? Literally, the BBFC cut out about two minutes of the middle of the fight. I've, I've got, I'm still watching it uncut. I've got no idea what they found so offensive. Yeah, because it's, it's not like there's anything really brutal or anything. They're, they're just fist, like, chest and face punches and stuff, really. So. Uh, sometimes the BBFC have a weird thing about, though, like, too many kicks to the head and stuff. It's like, oh, for yeah. fuck's sake, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, like, the whole Merrick's getting cut quite a bit and stuff. The yeah. <laughs> I just don't understand if it's an 18, if you're going to rate it 18 anyway, just fucking leave it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Thankfully, yeah, they do now. I'm just saying that. Yeah. And stuff, but. Yeah, it's, it's an amazing fight. That's probably probably what my favourite of Bruce Lee's fights, to be honest. It's his best one on one fight, definitely. Yeah. Uh, and it stands up, like you said, like the test of time, basically, today. And I don't think anyone's really managed to top it. I mean, Maybe it's Jackie Chan and like with uh, Benny, Benny the Jet. The Jet. Yeah. yeah, that's that's maybe it's like one on one. Maybe it's a little bit better, but only because it's more modernized and stuff. The fight, mm. but it's just such a great. I, I love the bit when he like towards the end of the fight when he just does that really quick fucking rapid punch thing on his chest. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one bit that was cut out when I first saw yeah. that. I was like, Jesus Christ, why the hell did they cut that out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, really, really good. And I just love, like, the, the bit when the, the camera's just sort of, like, set back. They're up against a wall, and you can just see them clearly yeah. and see everything that's going on. It's a really nice shot fight. Uh, the most awesome bit for me is just, the, like, that pretty much the same shot where it goes in slow motion and you've got that eerie music behind it. It gets a really yeah. odd, unsettling moment, but it's fucking yeah. amazing. It's really good. Yeah, superb fight. And there's a part in... Um, uh, Sam was because you know Sam was a friggin' huge Bruce Lee fan and stuff. Mm. There's a part in Skinny Tiger Fatty Dragon where they recreate like one whole section of that fight, like including the fast punches and where he like quickly kicks him in the knee and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see it like in a modernized Samo fashion. Like him, it just recreates the exact same part of the fight. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, it's quite a um, it's a grim ending to the fight because you know Chuck Norris's character Colt is mm. you know he's a champion. He doesn't want to end with just by giving up, so he pretty much forces not forces him, but you know knows he'd have to kill him. Tang Long knows he's going to have to kill him to end the fight, and, you know, mm. Cole pretty much sacrifices himself just because he doesn't want to tap out, if you know what I mean. It's it's weird. I mean, that and the, the two guys getting stabbed in the back. I don't know if it's because of the 70s, and, like, if it had been made <laughs> just, a little bit later. Just blame the 70s. <laughs> I think it literally was. I don't know. I think if it had been made in the 80s, you might not have killed him. <laughs> and I think it's literally just because of the 70s. The same reason why a random bird gets a tits out <laughs> like the first 30 that, minutes. That, that's, that's great in any decade. So. <laughs> I guess, but, you know, it's just the 70s. So... Uh, yeah, I always think, oh, I wish you didn't kill him at the end, like, mm. <laughs> just, I don't well, know. I do like the part, you know, where Bruce Lee's character, it's like, obviously, this is supposed to be the first time that he's ever killed anybody and does feel mm. remorse for him, you know, treats him like a fallen warrior and stuff and mm. puts his, um, his, is it gay? Yeah, <laughs> Honestly. yeah, yeah, the karate outfit, mm. I think it's gay, yeah. And puts that back over him and stuff and, you know, has a little moment and stuff and then calls Mr. Ho a bastard. <laughs> and goes legging it. And yeah, and obviously not the end of the film at that point, which I always forget about. I'm your... always expecting like credits to roll. <laughs> and then you get your favourite twist of stabbiness. Yeah, yeah, with a fucking evil, evil uncle. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, mean, I know we're talking about it already, but that, that's like, it's such an unnecessary part of the movie that like, the it's, whole, yeah, yeah it's just like, what, what, why, you know, I, I don't really know where they're going with that at all. No, it's like, it makes no sense when you watch the film, like, 
it, when you know the twist and you watch it again, you're just like, well, why is he putting up with all this shit for like 80 minutes and then just decides at that point when they've almost won to stab them? I mean, I know he said he's going to get paid, but why didn't he just get... I don't know. It makes no sense. So yeah. You can't explain yeah. it because it makes no sense. Cheap up. But, uh, you know, you, you've always got to remind yourself that this was, you know, only his third movie. It was his first film that he had like written on his own and stuff and that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, it was one of them. <laughs> I mean, it's a great directorial debut. It suffers, like you said, from a lot of things, like pacing issues as well. Yeah, the pacing issues and some setups. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of times where the, everyone's just like stood in a big line, mm. like waiting to deliver the lines, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's like you know, it's a bit boring the way it's framed and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, fucking hell, you can't you can't complain. No, I've seen interviews with Bruce Lee. He's like, you know, I think I'm doing some things right, but you know, it's a learning experience. I'm, I'm going to get better, obviously. And yeah, yeah, you know, but yeah, it shows. I think it shows. He would have. Maybe he would have just directed his own movies from then on out. You know what I mean? Just himself. Yeah. yeah. So he certainly had an eye for visuals. There's some great visuals in the movie. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think this helps with his, just his experience in the West and stuff. And yeah, yeah. Seeing it from both from both sides, you know, like a Western perspective and also like what works in, in China and Hong Kong and stuff. Mm. Uh, and like the best of both worlds, which I think is like we've not really gotten since Bruce Lee. Like there hasn't been that that actor who can really like pull those two worlds together no Jackie Chan's the closest I guess yeah mm. yeah but it's almost like I don't know he's Jackie Chan's become so big and so good that everyone's accepted him yeah if you know what I mean where like Bruce Lee I don't know he just he was Bruce Lee and he he, he bridged the two cultures mm. yeah I know it's one of them things with Bruce Lee like it's hard to replicate that magic because of the life he had, like being you know born in America, raised in Hong Kong, then going back to America. You know, it's, yeah. yeah. So that's it for Where the Dragon then for Cameron. So Where the Dragon Air was released December thirtieth, nineteen seventy two, in Hong Kong, and once again broke the box office record that he set with the Fury, as expected. Yeah. And of course, not long after Where the Dragon was completed, he was working on Game of Death, uh, but a, fil- a film that would go unfinished until nineteen seventy eight, where it wasn't so much finished, but shut out and exploited <laughs> ruined but more on that next week sir and uh, what I'm sure will be an epic show because there's lots and lots to go over yes mm, so that was fun so yeah that's that that's that mm. week three in the bag yeah so we're gonna do Game of Death Enter the Dragon I think we're in the talks to do a, a, a Dragon the Bruce Lee yeah, yeah. why not I did watch it the other night so yeah we might do that a bonus for the month so until next week when we're gonna be uh, having a Game of Death take it easy we'll see you next Wednesday see you next Wednesday Mother Crushes in this world of guns and knives Wherever Dong Lung may go to, he will always travel on his own. Stacey with an S, the Director of Operations over here at Wafu HQ. If you'd like to support the show, a review and rating on iTunes would be much appreciated. Just search for Wafu FM.
Or, if you're not an iTunes user, a review over at Stitcher.com would also be flipping marvellous. Once again, just search for Wafu FM. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, the email address is wafupodcast at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you'd prefer to leave a voicemail, head on over to www.speakpipe.com slash wafu fm. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah.